yeah, cool. Can I um, uh, can I can I do the cold open? Do you still do the cold opens, Andy? Uh, yes, I do sometimes do them. All right, well, this is going to be the cold open. Um, I just want to share with you. Um, I know this is a uh, an audio medium, not a visual, but I just wanted to show you, Andy, that I got some new mics over the over yesterday. Yes, I got them yesterday. did they come in? They came in yesterday. Let me tell you something. Um, you know, so I so shout out to my to my Sweetwater sales representative, Nate. Um, Nate, I love you, and if I'm ever in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I'm getting you a beer. Um, he so I bought a couple things because um, we're planning on having I'm, I'm planning on having a studio session. That's a professional way of saying Tim's coming I, over. We uh, I will be there. Are you gonna be there? <laughs> That's cool. I thought I was gonna be there. Yeah, you're part of it. You're part of Rad Sally. Um, so so I so uh, <laughs> yeah, put that knife knife away, buddy. Um, so so I uh, I bought I bought a couple mics because I knew that I mean they're good to have in general because we have many guitarists in the area but I knew that Tim was gonna have um, an amp and I didn't know if he wanted to do acoustic so I bought two technically three mics um, and just to do some gear to do some gear reveal I got the E six oh nine the uh, Sennheiser E six oh nine which. Uh, to the audio, to the audio nerds, um, it's the it's the mic where you just slap it over the amp. You just put it right in the middle and you leave it there. You don't have to, no stand or nothing. Perfect. Um, and then this one, uh, Andy, is the PreSonus PM2. I believe that stands for pencil mic two. Um, small diaphragm cardioids condenser. Um, they're very lightweight. Like they're they feel like. You see how thick it is? Like it, it feels yeah. like the the weight of a pencil. How much um, were the pencil mics? Ah shit! I've used up all of my fucking um, my five G. Sorry. Um, how much were the pencil mics? Yeah. Um, I think they're around a hundred, a hundred, hundred fifty. Okay, that's not um, too bad. No, they, I'm trying to find yeah. some more stuff to record acoustic. You yeah, know, the great thing cheap. about recording bass is you can just go direct and no one cares. It's great. Yeah. I don't know if that the cold the intro music has played yet or not, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I've been uh, looking at some plugins I might want to buy. Some of these people think that their plugins are worth a lot of money. Yeah. So then you go over to fucking uh, Waves, and it's just like, hey, whole bundle only two hundred for like 30 plugins and it's like cool how long do i get these for and then you got some pl- perpetual license for a plugins is like uh, i don't know man yeah Here's the whole expensive. perpetual license like this is why i don't get pro tools like i'm not and i'm not gonna get pro tools well sorry one I have day a copy if of i pro am tools, but yeah i one just day think if i'm that... rich and successful i'll pay the hundred or two hundred dollars a year and get the iLock dongle the iLock dongle um, iLock is not reasonable for someone who only has two USB ports, by the way. Yeah, Pro Tools is not reasonable. Sorry, Avid. Maybe you should um, change your business model. So, 
Um, you're not exploiting and extorting your goddamn uh, uh, users, consumers. All right. Um, sorry. I like I don't mean the it. program. It's a great program. It's a, it's now listen. Now listen. It's a good program. You you know what I found? Um, you're gonna hate this, Andy. Um, at my job, uh, that will remain uh uh, uh confidential. Um, sure. <laughs> I have. One of my coworkers, well, not a coworker, um, we have an audio engineer on staff who I help out with sometimes. And b- um, before he would bring like his his setup, like his own setup, like a portable setup, portable. It's a whole iMac. Um, <sighs> and um, uh, previously, that's not portable. <laughs> no, it's not. But he he has this nice big big bag for it, so it, it works out. But it sounds um, like he thinks it's portable and calls it portable. Well, so but it's... so let me tell you the story. So so he previously he was using this giant iMac, which is the size of my iMac. What is this? Like 13, 15 inches? Uh, no, it was way more, like twenty. Um, and uh, he would he would be he would use he wouldn't be using Pro Tools. He would be using Logic Pro X. Um, Pro 10, my my go-to, um, my my default DAW of choice. Uh, but uh, the other day, I noticed that he brought in a different monitor, um, and instead of uh, just a monitor, he had a monitor and a laptop. And I looked at his DAW was different. And Andy, um, I asked, "Hey, what are you? What DAW are you using?" And he said, "Oh, I'm using Reaper." And That's I said, gross. no, well, so I said to him, I was like, oh, you like Reaper? He's like, yeah, it's really good. It's a really powerful tool, and it gets the job done. Um, I've been using it for a while, and so I like it. Um, I'm sure he uses, he probably uses it, I mean, I don't know what he does outside of, like, the context of uh, our, our, our work. Um, but I, I'm sure he uses multiple DAWs because he's, like, a seasoned vet. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, he I, I found that really interesting because like, oh, like you're using like to me that just sounds like um I don't know, like it just it to me it, it's 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 a similar as to sounding like a goddamn like if you're get, like tracking a whole band using Audacity. Um <laughs> like, I don't know, like I mean, we have a friend, uh, mutual Nikki, you and I, who loves Reaper, and I, I won't call them out and shame them publicly. Listen, for I it. have nothing against Reaper. I have nothing against Audacity. Um, I, I I have something against Reaper and Audacity. Oh, I don't uh, Audacity. Know you... Remember earlier this year, changed their terms of service. They own all audio you produce within their DAW now. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Was yeah, there. that was a thing. Um, that was like a big deal earlier this year. And then I Reaper, I just think is a dog shit program made for crazy people. Have you uh, used it? Just, yeah, I use, so then sit down. If you haven't like, used this is, it, this isn't pro tools or logic or any right. other dog I've been trying to use. All right, Andy. Uh, All use right. Amadeus. So at oh, risk of goodness. cutting us both off, uh, speaking of doing other things, Hey, it's episode 37. We have, so many albums that we've talked about. Let's talk about a new one, Nikki. Fine. But yes, episode th- 37. This week we're doing No Jackets Required by Phil Collins. Uh, now, Nikki, I'm going to be honest. I gave this album a listen last week, 
and then a listen today. Uh, and it is a lot of it did not stick. <laughs> stick as in like you don't remember much of it. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it a bit more, but, like, it's a very general-sounding album. Um, I have a very compelling case for this album, but I I don't know if I should bring that up now or later. Yeah, Um, we'll get into it. Uh, Yeah. I'll do the usual... The usual that our uh, adoring fans are so used to. Hey, thanks for listening, guys, and gals, and non-binary pals. Yes. Um, so, pretty cool. This is the 1986 winner, No Jack Required, by Phil Collins. It beat out Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, Whitney Houston, self titled, The Dream of the Blue Turtles by Sting, and We Are the World by USA for Africa. I've heard of almost none of this. I, I know of Sting. <laughs> That's all I feel I like know. Sting. Is, I said this last week and I was wrong. But I feel like Sting gets nominated for this award a lot, and it did not win at any point. Poor Sting. <laughs> and by a lot, I mean two other times, both years we have done. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not a monumental year for music, uh, so. Well, Especially, cons- wow, damn, last, last year, the year before this one. Uh, it was a much bigger year based solely off of the uh, winners, but you're going to have to listen to the Lionel Richie episode that isn't out uh, for that. The Lionel Richie. Uh, but yeah, unimpressive year. Uh, I mean, I guess Whitney Houston self-titled, but I don't know. That's anyway. A, that's, a big, that's a big album, actually, Whitney Houston. That's one of the defining pop records of the 80s. Just to just to just to set the record straight, Andy. Um, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying like it's you know it's do not. Do you know? I'm sorry. Wait, I'm album. sorry. Do you know the songs that are on Whitney Houston self-titled? No. It's all of the songs you know from Whitney Houston. You that implies that I know songs from Whitney Houston. Andy, you know many songs from Whitney Houston. You just don't know it. I want to dance with somebody. Okay. And that's um, that's all I know. I know there's more, but I can't think of any. You should listen to that album. You might get something from it. If you yeah, dare. Sure. <laughs> I feel like there's... I feel like I got Bernstein Baird, Bernstein Baird uh, with this fucking album suddenly because i'm looking at it and i swear we've reviewed this album which one uh, but i the whitney houston self-titled uh but i know we haven't are you I sure just, are you sure i think i'm thinking like of something the else. celine dion uh they are not the same you no i know but just like the aesthetic anyway uh-huh. album art for no jacket required uh <laughs> is very <laughs> A very interesting case, because on Wikipedia, you can see the original album art, which is a young orange Phil Collins. And then if you go on Spotify, where the 2016 remaster is being held, uh, it is old Phil Collins, but orange. Yeah, I I found, you know, this is coming out, what, November 1st? Yeah. Um, 
day after Halloween, it they they both look like pumpkins, like jack o' lanterns. You know, I don't know if that was what he's going for, but what a weird, what a honestly, I don't like looking at the cover. It's really disturbing. It's um, kind of gross. The 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 younger Phil Collins is fine, and listen, I'm sure he's a he's a lovely, handsome looking lad. Um, but like just the angle and like the expression that older and younger Phil Collins is giving off, like it makes me really uh, perturbed. You could say, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't like it. I, I have to say, I think in concept, just like a headless face in a black screen, you know, I think that that's kind of cool. But I think uh, they just lower the camera a bit so he's not like looking up at you. Like this looks like a creepy pasta image, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all I have to say about that. Also, the font is kind of lame. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's his face. Not great album art. I wouldn't give it a second look if I didn't do this show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is. Uh, so I don't know your level of familiarity with Phil Collins, but I would say I know a decent chunk of his work, uh, either through this Tarzan soundtrack and then through some of his other songs with uh, fucking Genesis, I believe was his yeah, group that was name. his original band. Didn't yeah. you didn't you give me give me flack uh, like several episodes ago because I didn't know who Phil Collins was. That you're talking to listen, Nikki. We've said this before. Once we put something out there, I forget about Don't it. Remember. So it's very likely, yeah. But like, you also didn't grow up with Disney, so um, well, that's not necessarily true. I did grow up with Disney, but I was never like in love with the musicals. I, yeah, I was never, I was never like a Disney musical person. I think the only one that I really enjoyed watching like regularly was Mulan. I think Mulan's a great film. Um, uh, but I, my favorite Disney movies, are, my favorite Disney movie of all time is Atlantis, The Lost Empire, um, mm-hmm. which is a forgotten relic, a very good. Um, and then my second favorite Disney movie is Ratatouille, which is also not a forgotten relic, but um, as everyone who has watched Ratatouille knows, insatiably great. Um a wonderful, a wonderful uh, deep dive into, um, I don't know, class solidarity. I don't know what it's about. Um, be vegan. I don't know. Uh, so, anyway. regardless, yeah, yeah. You, you're so I'm, not, of- I'm not familiar. Yeah, sorry, we were sidetracking. The Tarzan soundtrack, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually watched the original Tarzan movie. Um, but he's done more. He's done more Disney, hasn't he? He's done a couple. Uh, I think if he has, it's only like singles as opposed to Tarzan where it was just him. He did. Okay. Well, he, I feel like if I recall, he was kind of, maybe it wasn't Disney, but I think that his career after being a solo act, well, while being a solo act kind of went from doing solo projects um, of like contemporary rock pop music to doing soundtracks to, Mm -hmm. or yeah. I I think I, I I don't know if I said that right, but I think he his career moved to doing soundtracks uh, over time. Like I I think he's done record he's done soundtrack scores for like the past few decades. 
um, like a handful, and uh, those pay the big bucks. So I, I totally, I totally get it. Money good, uh, but yeah. So this was, I don't think. No, this wasn't his first solo album because I no. like his earlier stuff better. Uh, really? Yeah, no. Well, you know, a lot of his other stuff fucking had. I don't know if actually. I don't know if I. That's a true statement. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, that's true. Because uh, I don't care anymore came out uh, on the last album, and then if you go to his first album, it had in the air tonight. Uh, so yeah, which are two of his bigger songs. But this song, album, Nikki. Yeah. Uh, started out with another big hit of his, fucking Sasudio. Uh, which okay, is also so you, the album's are you fa- first are you single. familiar with these songs? I'm familiar with this Sasudio and the general vibe of the rest of these songs. Okay, what is Sasudio? I don't know. What kind of word is that supposed to mean? I want to say it's a name. I was assuming it was like a play on words. Like, I thought, like, when I first listened, I thought he was, like, trying to say, like, so do you, or something like that. But then, like, I thought about it, and I was like, that's, like, no, he's saying the word Susudio in the music. Like, that's not just, like, the title of, like, a phrase in one, like, compiled into one word. Like, that is, what the hell is Susudio? I don't... <sighs> I, I do want to, you know... The this is I do want to say like I love Phil Collins's vocal style, uh, really? lyricism not so much. Uh, and as far as strong song structures go on this album, uh, he's really he does some really good hooks and choruses. But I, I think you know these songs as a whole, this whole album, you could have trimmed a nice eleven minutes off of by making each song a minute shorter. Uh, yeah. Oh, reg- yeah. Regardless. Uh, instrumentally, Nikki, oh my god, this is just 80s throw-up. Well, here's the the claim that I want to make. This sure. is here's my here's my thesis. And I think and I, I, I feel like someone who's from the time could confirm or deny this. But listening to this album, Andy, like the 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 most immediate thing to me is just the drums. I mean he's a drummer. But he's the guy, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the guy that started these drums. I mean, we heard stuff like this on Thriller, so I wouldn't exactly say was that. Was this before Thriller? This came after Thriller. The oh, okay, Thriller I'm sorry. was two years before this, or well, one, two I, years before this. Okay, well, it might have not been this, this record, but, like, to me, listening to this project, like, sounds like the blueprint even though it's like already in the mid 80s like it's literally 85 but yeah. it to me it sounds like this is this is the 80s you know like it's it sounds to me it sounds generic because it is the um it is the quintessential album that defines the genre if that makes any sense um like, I mean, there were great 80s records, but, like, this is the record that sounds like it's from the 80s, you know? Because it is so 80s. Like, it sounds like the 80s. 
Does that am I am I making my point? No, it makes perfect sense. Like I said, it, I think this record is '80s throw up. Like the '80s production is there in full force, and I think it has really aged this record in a way that I'm not a big fan of. Spoilers. I think, I think, I think. Um, before realizing, before we just spoke, and we, I, before realizing that like this was before, this is like mid '80s. I forgot what year this came out before we talked about it, but. Um, I was going to say that this was the blueprint, like this was the draft, um, or like this is the proto stage, but now I'm, but now, but now Andy, I'm more inclined to say that this is the peak. I think this is the peak of eighties music, like generic eighties, like, you know, those drums and the, and the, and the synths, um, for me, like that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad in many points, and I, I'm I'm going I'm going to assume that I enjoyed this more than than you did, um, but it's kind of the argument that people made about um, trap music like a hand like a couple years ago that like it it was it was a genre that was becoming so saturated so rapidly that like. It, it, like once you peak, like there's nothing else it can it can turn into, and I think that we're coming out of this trap, like the the trend of peak of trap music, Andy. Um, like obviously there's still trap music, but I think that it's it's reached the peak a couple years ago of like what exactly. Uh, yeah, of just no, I like get what you're saying of of making it so singular of like trapifying it so much whereas like and like here phil collins is like 80s-ifying it so much where like you can't be more 80s than this you can't be more trap than i don't know who 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 is the peak trap record like i don't know kodak black you know um he wasn't peak but you you get what i'm saying um because then everything afterward both like in my in my in my comparison um and in the 80s like it like there was still like 80s music but I think now people are starting to be like, okay, like we've done this, this is familiar, well, this is boring, let's try something new, and they're kind of phasing into the '90s. Yeah, having the context of the few albums we've done from the '80s, uh, with let me organize this sheet so I can actually see, like, yeah, we've done Double Fantasy uh, in '82. Oh, I organized it the wrong way. Uh, yeah, we've done Double Fantasy 82, Christopher Cross, which I still think is like the that's actual the proto. Yeah, that's the proto 90 or that's the proto, proto 80s that were. And then, you know, doing Thriller. Those are the only three albums we've done from the 80s before this. But I think that I miss I miss that. I miss that. You know, Andy, can I tell you, actually, Andy, just a quick aside. Um, when I was driving into work today, um, I was on the road. I was on the road that you um, that we went down together when we were listening yeah. to Christopher Cross for the first time, like in the car, you were taking me to the, to the train station. And I was listening to Phil Collins today on the way, on the way down that road. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this was, this was, this was better when it was with Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, this is just I don't want to talk to, dwell too much on this. I don't know. I just don't really like the instrumentation for most of this record just cuz a yeah. it doesn't vary itself too much. Uh the vocal effects that were he had on that like it had a lot of delay and I don't know. I don't like it. Was it was very it was very yeah, very reverberant and very delay heavy, very spacious. Um 
and numerous points in the record, very... Um, uh, sometimes it was not, like... some some uh, there, were, there were points in the mixes where, like, some instruments were, like, really wet and, like, super reverberated way more than they needed to or, like, crazy delay. And then, like, in the same track, there's, like, other instrumentation that is, like, dry as a bone. Um... I don't remember which track it was, but, like, there was one where, like, it's, like, all of these drums, like, super reverberant, and then you just have, like, a clap that is, like, way, mixed way too high and lacks any sort of, like, depth yeah. uh, mix-wise. So, I, I, so I, I'll, I'll give it to this record and say that, I'll ding it and say that, like, some of the mixing here... Granted, this is the remaster, but still. Yeah, um, it's, I, I, I kind of wish we did have the original one for this, just so I feel like find I could judge it. it more fairly. Yeah, I, I hate this, man. I want to listen to the original versions. Yeah, I don't... With well, younger Phil Collins. Do you prefer the original? I, I don't... Actually, I don't need to ask that question. Never mind, go ahead, go ahead. I will always prefer to listen to the original, I feel like. I don't know. Because when well, I do get the option, like, uh, on one of my favorite records uh, by the Kinks, Lola Montez versus the Power Man and the Money... W- I don't... It's got a long-ass title. You you, you you, people know what I'm fucking talking about. The one with all the fucking hits from people. the Kinks on it. Uh, great record. <laughs> I wish I could remember the name, but it's fucking... Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round Part 1. Yeah, that one. Love that record. Great record. Uh... Like, you can find the original version and the remaster fairly easily. Uh, so, is, I don't know. Be, be, everyone should be more like the Kinks. Uh, okay. But so, moving on to the second song, because I don't want this to go on too long, and I don't have a whole bunch to say about many of these songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really, like, this is... This is kind of where I know that, like, the guitar solos and, like, the guitar parts on this record were all really shrill sounding. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like them, the tones that they were producing. Uh, I don't know, man. A lot of this record just kind of blended together because of how samey everything is. Did this, was it the second track that had the horns, like the saxophone? Do you remember? Yeah, this is where the horns came in. There were a few I, other songs that had, I think one had a solo. I like the horns on, on this track, Only You Know I and I Know. Um, which yeah, by the way, as a phrase, it, it should be called only you and I know there's no, sorry to be like a grammatical fool about this, but it was confusing me. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, I'm, uh, it sounds like Andy that we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to kind of breeze through this. Um, yeah. Cause well, what I'll say about this record is that, um, there was nothing about the lyrics that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, literally zero. It reminded me, in terms of lyricism, it reminded me of the Celine Dion record, which I did enjoy. Um, I think I enjoyed that more than this one. But I think what they share, what they have in common, is that like the lyrics are kind of, not placeholder lyrics, but like they're lyrics that sound like they're just there to fit the song, you know? Like they're they're kind of they they just sound like generic pop lyrics, you know? Like the song was made and they're like, oh, let's come up with some lyrics for it, you know? Um, like it wasn't centered around the lyrics, which I mean is fine sometimes, 
Um, but I, I, I didn't really like it on this, on this, uh, Phil Collins. It just sounded, yeah. um, like you were saying earlier, like it was really the hooks where I was really paying attention to it. Um, yeah, but the verses, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, da, da. third song, long, long way to go. Uh, it was a slower song, had some really nice progression, uh, yeah. I personally really like this song, uh, but it had this weird dead stop at the end, and I did not like that. Oh, yeah. I thought that was super funny um, because um, what's the lyrics that he's singing? I'm pulling up my, um, I have Genius. my phone. Yeah, no, it's the Apple Music. Oh, because he's saying switch it off at the end. Um, switch it off. Uh, with this, like, you know, all these, all these, um, this track sounded really new age to me, like pre new age where it's like all the spacious and like these clinky sounds and, um, and he just says, turn it off. And then it just turns off abruptly. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I thought that I thought it was funny, but I also found that it wasn't like rhythmically, it was kind of a, a jolt, you know, like yeah. it didn't feel, I feel like you could have cut it out natural or you could have cut it abruptly and have it feel natural, but it really did sound to me like you just like, no, like actually we're done. Turn it off, shut it down. And then that's what happened. Um, cheeky, cheeky boy, cheeky Phil. How could you? Uh, yeah, this was a good... Honestly, the ending gimmick uh, is something I'd expect more on, like, a modern record from, like, Lady Gaga or St. Vincent or something like Nikki that. Nikki Kulai. Yeah, honestly, I f- could feel you doing something like that. Well, it, you, you're, you'll be pleased to know, Andy, I do it several times on Kulai 3. Cool. Yeah. Uh, next song, I Don't Want to Know. All I really said on this is that uh, it has a great chorus. What's the chorus? Can you sing it real quick? No, I can't because I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember it. You just remember no thinking you like it. Let me just let me just. Oh, this one sounded like um a fucking John Hughes film. Yeah. Um it sounded like Breakfast Club. I think this is an album is just such a good passive listen and then like actually putting it on their their microscope actually kind of killed it for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot of 80s music for me, you know, in that, like, it's not, um, it's not good, um, to, to listen to actively, um, I felt like when I was w- listening to it in the car on my way home, it, to me, like, I, I listened to it enough times today that I was like, okay, like, I can kind of lose myself to this. But then when I would try to be like, no, I have to focus, like I need to like listen to this, I would I would kind of get bored or like frustrated, you know? Or then I or like I would be listening to it to like to the side and then I would notice something like like those that percussion I was talking about earlier. I'm just like, whoa, mm-hmm. like that's that's not necessary. Um Yeah, I I just want to talk about one more night, which is that um, I didn't like it, and I, it's my least favorite song on the, on the record because sure. it sounds out. I just I, let me just put that out there right now. Track number five, one more night, and I'll tell you why, Andy. Um, 
I don't know what the song's about, but to all the the image that I got in my head was I don't know what movie this is from that like every like cartoon mocked it like when I was growing up, but like that scene in that movie or like those scenes in those in those uh, mediums where you're like throwing a rock at your your fucking girlfriend's window and then she w- opens up and then you're holding the boombox. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is. I don't, it- it sounds like a wedding song. song. Like. It's a wedding yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It's all. This is something that DJ Forrest would play on his fucking <laughs> wedding gigs. Shout out to DJ Forrest. No, he wouldn't even play the song. This is like a mood killer. I uh, don't think he's DJing right now. I think he is. Okay. Well, cut that out too, please. Uh. But yeah, I don't know. I think the bass sounded okay on this song. Uh, or I don't know, man. This was definitely a killer point on the album where I just like, oh my god, please. Oh, I want. I have a gripe with the next fucking song. Uh, don't one? lose my number. Uh, oh, I liked this like song. That? No, I liked this song. Uh, however, it had one thing that made me never want to listen to it again. Is when it had these weird like skips in it and it's like is this digital file skipping and stopping and stipping and stopping this is i don't like it oh i remember what you're talking about yeah um i want to find it you're not gonna find it it's only like five seconds in this five minute song you're right don't you lose my number who's billy um Billy, don't you lose. No, I like this one. I like this track. Um, I will say, Andy, I'm sorry. I like the digital mutes. I ah. like the, I like the edits only because. I'm sorry, Andy. There is a track on Cool Eye Three that does have a digital mute, and you're well. Yeah, that fits like better it. on yours kind of stuff. I don't know. The '80s pop rock music isn't necessarily a place where I would prefer that. I want to show I uh, one of these days I'll uh, But yeah, no, Don't Lose My Number is a good song. I just I don't know. It that those little skips kind of took it out. Yeah. Oh, fine. Fair enough. Yeah, it was a little jarring. I I would have been I would have preferred not to not to have it be I, I don't know if it cut out fully. Uh, do, do you know? Was it like a dig, like a digital block? I don't know. I maybe I don't know. I sounded like completely dead air, and I did not. Appreciate I okay, because if it if it had a little bit of reverb, I think maybe not as much. Maybe just a little bit. I thought that'd be cool. So so now we're gonna move on to my least favorite song on the whole album. Who said I would? Yes. Uh, it's my least favorite solely for the fact that I kind of liked that nice like marimba almost sounding like first five seconds and then it breaks into this fucking heart attack of 80s rock sounds and then his voice is so compressed and there's so much effects on it and i just wanted to fucking i did not like this song and then the ending on this fucking track was so fucking weird i don't even know how to fucking describe it oh was this with the um with like the the like just the big reverberant boom yeah Oh yeah, where it's like a trumpet and it goes, and then um, it feels it feels spliced together. Like if it was analog, it feels like they literally like they didn't even like tape it together all that great. Yeah, um, it was bad. I did not like because like yeah, because we're doing this like really like 
pumped up like bow, 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 you know and then out of nowhere like bow and like it's a medium level of reverb during the tr- the song but then you know Andy it reminded me a lot of when on the Sgt. Pepper's record when and you know what I'm talking about in the last track of Day in the Life um oh yeah where it had the big like the big piano chord and it's just all the reverb um but what what I will say is that like I if I'm being honest I found that moment jarring too on the Sgt. Pepper's record. I don't know if I expressed that uh when we talked about it maybe because I didn't want you to hate me. Um <laughs> too late. <laughs> but but um I found what I will give credit to the Beatles for is that that whole entire project was meant to be artistic and it was meant to be experimental um and also it was um it was, when did they do that album? Like the 70s, 60s? That was the winner in 69, 68. 60, so yeah. yeah. So, but in here, we're, we're almost, we're like a decade and a half later. And I don't know if he took inspiration from it, but it just sounded really jarring and it didn't sound. Honestly, I just didn't even like the, t- like the note, like the tone that was given. Like, I think something about the horn was just really. Yeah bright and it just then it leaves the reverb to be super bright and i didn't like it so and that that's most of what i have to say for the rest of this album uh like uh i'll do you mind speeding through the next three tracks because i sure. unless you have something yeah. huge to say um uh well because yeah the next song don't anybody stay together anymore uh is probably the most lyrically invested i got in any of the songs Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. This was just kind of a real B side. It faded out, which it was the only time I really noticed a fade out on this record. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which it was interesting. Instead of an abrupt cut. Yeah. Uh, I will say on Inside Out, the next song, uh, had a nice little sax solo on it, which I thought was really good. Uh, I didn't really have anything nice to say about Take Me Home other than its progression. And then I actually do want to talk about the last song. So if you want to talk about the f- next three songs between. That, um, go ahead. I don't. I'm sorry, Andy. I don't remember. No, that's. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, fair. I think I liked them. I'm sorry, I didn't take notes this this week. We this was a bit of an abrupt, impromptu recording tonight. Um, I, I remember liking them, but I I think my feelings were the same with every other track, which is that like it. it this is 80s rock music. Yeah. You know, it, it just blended together so much that I don't know if like it, it's a really weird line to w- walk because uh, like yeah. on Thriller, like I'd only ever heard like three or four of those songs before. But like after listening to it, I still remember all of it, even like I, we referenced Blood, Sweat and Tears a lot on the show. But I, I do think it set a good standard for like having a very distinct like track listing. Like I do remember most of the songs on that album. Mm-hmm. which I don't know. I, I, and that th- I only ever listened to it for this show, uh, you know, back on the block a little less. So and the like, I don't know. I, I do think that like, it is an important thing when making an album is like m- the fine line between each song sounds the same. And then each song is distinct. And I think that's something that kind of gets hard to keep track of when making an album. Cause if you're listening to these songs for like 24 hours, each and it's like yeah no of course they all sound different because you know you're more familiar with them than anyone on earth yeah yeah 
Yes. And I think that's something that definitely got lost here on this record. Because I don't even, like, dislike Phil Collins as, like, I love his vocal style, and I like the performance he gives on this record. I just think, instrumentally, this record isn't that great. And you know. Well, so here's, and this is, again, where we have to, like, kind of put history into, into context, because... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that when this record came out, it sounded amazing. Yeah, oh um, I bet. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be like like people who liked thriller or would listen to this and be like, Oh yeah, this is good. I like this, you know. Maybe they'll go to a Phil Collins concert. Um but I think that it just has all of I'm not even going to say worst. It just has all of the qualities of like 80s music to the point where it sounds like the most generic you could possibly get. Um, because it literally is the peak of the genre in my, in my view. Um, which is, I'm glad we're listening. I glad we listened to it because now I know what peak 80s music sounds like. Yeah. Um, but um I feel like looking at it through this historical lens, I, I'm more inclined to give it like a, a greater score, but in terms of personal enjoyment. Well, we um, st- I still want to talk about the last song before we go around giving it a score. Uh, I honestly I f- didn't even recall if we talked about it or not. No, uh I do it, I don't got too much to say about it, but we said hello goodbye. I think is a very different song from everything else on the record because it has like yes piano and like strings on it and I just wanted to yes. highlight that and say like I thought it was the best song on the record. Uh. Mm. I did notice the, the oh yeah this one had the string intro and I noticed like the sparse piano, um, and then it kind of it doesn't it do like a big like explosive thing yeah it was really Um, nice and it's like okay phil you just chose to do that for your whole record it's not that you didn't have access to real instruments yeah uh but yeah Um, so yeah uh i don't know i feel like this last song really i would have liked to see a bit more of this scattered throughout the record mm -hmm. uh but you know i i did like this record more as a passive listen uh i do think actually like putting it under the microscope and like listening to it all the way like start to finish and like having to like focus on it kind of took out some of the enjoyment I would have gotten from it otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so Nikki, I don't know if you wanted to, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. If you want to like wrap that up. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I, it wasn't a bad record for me personally. Um, like you said, I, I liked it as a passive listen more than a, than an active one. Um, and something tells me that, like, if I were to give this a bad score, some, like, Gen Xer is gonna, like, come at me being, like, Ayo, Phil Collins is, like, the GOAT. What are you doing giving him, like, a three? Um, not that I think this is a three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it, like, a meaty, like, a meaty 38. 38? 38. Um. That's not, like, a bad score. No, it's, it's above, it's above mid. This album is above mid. Um, I would disagree. Uh, I gave this album a 32. Oh, okay. Well, so it's mid. I mean, yeah. Like, I I didn't, like, hate it. Isn't that dead middle? Yeah, it's dead middle for our little rating system. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that averages out to. 
I think that's literally a 35, 36. Let me. I said 38. You said 32. Yeah, 36, isn't it? No. Wait, 30. 30. 35. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know math. Yeah. So, no, I mean, yeah, that's not, like, the best ranking record on our list by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I, I think, I don't know, like... Let's listen, see where that uh, Listen, it. listeners, if you don't like it, if you disagree, let us know. Tweet at us. That does put it right between uh, the 32.5s, Lauren Hill and Quincy, and uh, Raging Sand. So... Uh, we're going to do a big... Our last episode is going to be a big... A big overhaul of our scores. Maybe. Well, listen, I'm uploading it regardless. You can give me the codes and I'll and I'll do it. Sneaky <laughs> uh, solo episode. Have fun. Uh, but yeah, so I did already, Nikki, take the liberty of picking next week's episode. You monster. album. Uh, I, I wanted to do because this is a unique one, and it's also not one that many people are going to care about. Uh, I wanted to do Tony Bennett's MTV Unplugged. Uh, we'll oh. talk about it a bit more next week, but this is the 1995 winner, and I find it very interesting that this is uh, a winner of this award because MTV Unplugged were just, like, artists coming in and doing, like, a set on MTV. So right. I think it'll be a lot of fun to actually get to maybe do a little research for this is this uh, nine, 1994? Yeah. Uh, ninety? It came out in 94, and it won 95, I believe. Okay, yep, I'm looking at the right one. Yeah, oh, I oh, have God. zero oh, expectations Andy. for this record. Oh, Andy, it's an hour and nine what? minutes. I'll find just, time. Yeah. Well, oh, we're going to... I'm going to let you know right now. We don't have to figure it out now, obviously, but um, if we could record earlier next week... So, because I know that next week is not, the weekend is not going to be good for me. Okay. So, well, I should uh, like a Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. Anyway. Um, oh, let's do the last segment. Andy, what are you listening to? Absolutely nothing. Uh, this has been baseball week. The World Series is going on. I actually skipped the ga- watching game three today. Uh, but, yeah. How's baseball? What's going on in baseball? Uh, it's the Astros versus the Braves in the World Series. Uh, the first game was great. Nikki, we had the first time ever in 117 years of the World Series where the first hit in the game, like the first pitch was a home run. And yeah, that was really cool. Good for him. Yes. The uh, guy. I don't know his name because I'm not a Braves fan, although I am rooting for the Braves this year. Uh, I was really happy when the Astros beat the Red Sox because fuck the Red Sox. Uh, and now I'm really rooting for the Braves to beat the Astros because the Astros aren't, cheated uh, last time they were at the World Series and then they won. Aren't aren't you, just correct me if I'm wrong, aren't you a Cubs fan? Yeah, but we had a bad season, so. Not Which a bad season. season. No. I, I tell you, Andy, I was there when they won. You were in Chicago, in- yeah. I was in Chicago the, the the weekend they won. I was there for a wedding. It was our um, yeah. You told me. Yeah, it was our first. It was my yeah. It was our first semester in college. I was in there in November, um, and the streets were fucking like insane. Um, everyone was just like, "We won!" You know, it was the first time. And, and meanwhile, like I'm going to the like all the tourist sites when like the bean all of the 
Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I don't think I went to the Bean. I went to like, I don't think it's called the Sears Tower. No. Or maybe it was. No, yes. Sears is in New York. No, Sears is not in New York. Sears is, is it in I Chicago? Chicago. I think. I think it was formerly the Sears Tower, but it was yeah, bought out by someone. It. Um, and now it's like a tourist thing where you go up all the el- the the big elevator and you can go up there. Um. Yeah, I like I'm doing all the tourist stuff like when meanwhile like the entire city is like parading and like all of like the the locals are actually going outside to enjoy life. Um anyway, so um well, I'm glad baseball is doing well, I think. I'm going to check the score for game 3 right now. Is this is this is this the final game you're talking about, Andy? No, game there's 7 games. No, I mean like, is this the final game? This is the World Series. It is the end of the season, and then this there's is no the, baseball the, till March. Th- that's tonight. It was tonight. I don't know what the score is. It's right now. It is the bottom of wait. the ninth. Bottom of the eighth. So yes, it is right now. Wait a minute. Uh, wait it's a minute. Zero one. Good job. Good job, Braves. Let's keep it up. <laughs> Sir, wait. I'm sorry. I I I genuinely don't know. Are you saying that? There are, are you saying that there are seven evenings where they play each other? There are going to be seven games. Seven nights where they're going to, like, fight. Yes. Fight, yes. Oh. I love when they fight in baseball. Yeah, they just, the bats are for their skulls, right? Um, sure. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought it was just, like, football, where it's, like, one night, and no. that's it. Okay. That's, that's why cool. I skipped it. We would not have recorded tonight if there were one game. <laughs> Well, thank you, Andy. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad we could record on on short notice. Um, it, it looks like this is not an interesting game, so I'm fine having missed this game. Yeah, get get your get your ballpark hot dogs tomorrow. Yes. Um, uh, but no. So, what have you dogs. been listening to? Um, Phil Collins. Uh, what have I been listening? To? Let me just let me just pull it up real quick. Um. Ooh. There's a couple things I've been listening to. Um, oh, um, I mentioned the single a couple weeks ago, but I, I think I think now I I don't know if I I think it came out now since since last time I mentioned it. Circa Survive, um, a dream about love is their EP. Um, I've been listening to that a lot. Um, recommended to me by by Tim Brenner, our good friend. Um, yeah, I'm re- I, I'm not familiar with Anthony Green, but I really like his vocals. I think he's doing really well there. Mm-hmm. Um, you should give that give that a listen, Andy. I don't it's, I don't love it, but it's it's nice. I like. I it. think uh, I've listened to one of a couple of his albums after I saw him with Tim. I think that yeah, he's got some good stuff. I'm upset, it's Nikki, because uh, a show that was in Syracuse sold out. Uh, Mom Jeans and Safe Face, and I wanted to go to that, uh-huh. and I never bought tickets. Uh, and then oh, we never we never addressed that we were gonna gonna see a show together. I mean, yeah, but then we didn't, so it's not worth addressing. <laughs> well, I was it was. It was a cute story. We, we hung out anyway. Yeah. I, oh, I, hey, the Braves the just scored. Day. Woo! Good job. Um, Fuck you, Houston. Two other thi- three other things I've been listening to. Um, I actually, I, well, yeah, I'll mention it. If you're a fan of like ambient music, um, which is neither of us, um, uh, I, I, a new album by this, I believe it's a solo act, Grouper, Grouper. Um, their new album Shade, uh, it's literally just like spacey, like kind of like semi distorted, like vinyled out, noisy, um, 
ambient music. There's there's a little there's like some guitar and piano in there, and it's female vocals. But um, if you're into that sort of thing, I, I thought it was all right. Um, uh, the thing I've been listening to the most is my good my one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, hip hop acts, mm-hmm. JPEG Mafia, dropped his uh, LP exclamation point that's the title of the record lp um earlier this year he dropped ep2 uh and then last december he dropped ep1 uh so he's dropped lp and he's and uh it's amazing it's really good and it's like a great passive listen and active listen um Jacob Mafia, he's done a lot of like experimental hip hop and glitch music, but in this one, he's interpolating a lot of pop, electronic, and rock instrumentation, and it just sounds really great. It sounds really good. Um, I'm loving it. It's probably going to be one of my top projects of the year. Um, and the last thing I wanted to shout out, um, I you know I always have to be have to be a, a nerdy little. Uh, a little fanboy when I bring him up, but my my older brother uh, has just dropped an EP with his band, Stealing Home, uh, and the and it's a cover EP. And get this, Andy, get this guy. the t- The title of the EP is called "Steals Your Songs." So, Stealing Home steals your songs, and it's for it's uh for, it's a quick. It's not. It's cute. It's it's quirky. And if you look it up, Andy, um, you see the cover art. It's it's very cartoonish, and I think it's really neat. Um, so here are the here are the songs. It's actually a really. It's it's quite the quite the diverse track mix uh, track list. You have "Circles" by Post Malone, "Good for You" by Olivia Rodrigo, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cindy Lauper, and "Look at the Sky" by uh, Porter Robinson. Uh, four very different genres. Um, very different artists, and they all do a little pop punk twist to them. So, um, if you're into that sort of thing, check these guys out. Um, Steven, I love you, and uh, I'll actually be seeing him soon because he is he is traveling. Yes, which uh, is why we're doing this episode at 11 a.m. during the World Series, or 11 p.m. during the World Series. Who's who? It's a, it's the same. Um, but anyway, um, that's that's all from me. Uh, and that's all from Andy. Uh, thank you all for watching, and, uh, for listening, as always. Yeah, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Can... Yeah, you guys know it by now. Like and subscribe. C- give us a five-star review on Apple Music. Give the Andy... Chicago Cubs a Grammy. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That's okay. Listen, that's okay. we just hit the hour mark, and I'm just like, nope, I'm, we're done. <laughs>